Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, my name is Isabel, and. This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about. Food, or more specifically, anime food, because if there's one thing that's been pretty consistent, anime are those delicious cooking scenes. Japanese anime, real、uh, Japanese anime, anime is Japanese. I, I'm sorry for that, but、uh, anime really, really likes to put emphasis on cooking. Like, cooking is a really big deal for Japanese culture, which sounds kind of weird because you would think that cooking is a big deal for every culture out there, but you know, it is a thing that they very purposely. Purposefully animate and often animate to an increasingly detailed degree. Agnes, I know you're particularly hungry, so hey, hey, hey. And you, you always say that you're Sasha and stuff like that. So this is either going to be、I、am torture、Sasha. or this is going to be amazing for you. <laughs> so it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to make it myself when I'm done with this podcast. Oh, well, you better Ooh, take、okay. pictures then,、um, because guess what? Oh, I will. I will. Yeah, because guess well, I mean, unless you're okay with it, but guess what's going on our Twitter? So <laughs> that is fine with me. I. I love to cook. I like to、uh, post pictures whenever I can to just my own friend groups and stuff because it's just like not everybody cooks, and I like to show people like, look what I made. This is my feat. This is my project I've completed, an actual project that I've actually completed instead of like shoved off to the side. Shoved off.、So, yes, side. your pee is showing in your Myers. Yes, my pee is definitely showing in this. Um. Well, anyway, so there's a lot of anime with particular food sequences, but I think we need to address the elephant in the room, which is that there is an actual anime dedicated to food in its entirety. Of course, it's Food Wars, which is not surprising at all. All.、Um, I so I've only recently like started watching Master Chef, which I'm like, huh, like this is basic. And, like when I think back to it, Food Wars is very, very, very similar to Master Chef, except no,、uh-huh. yeah, it's pretty similar.、Yeah. It's pretty similar. So,、um, but the part that of Food Wars that I am going to speak to specifically is actually the Chinese cuisine, because unfortunately I do not have a lot of knowledge of cooking in、um, you know for other cultures. I、uh, grew up eating Chinese food and only Chinese food. My parents do not know how to cook a bit of English food or any other food, and so and I was taught. Only to cook Chinese food because that's the only thing that my parents really knew how to cook in regards to it. So, because my knowledge was a little more vast in that area, I was able to have a little more fun with Food Wars segment in regards to Chinese food because we meet、uh, we one of the elite、uh, ten ends up being like his. His specialty ends up being Chinese food, so it was. So I was really curious on what they were going to show and what they were going to talk about. And I, in fact, I even wrote like an entire article in regards to the Chinese food arc, or it's not the entire arc, but the Chinese food that was featured in that particular arc, which was a tournament. And so, for you lovely ladies, this is probably my favorite picture because I think the comparison is just done so well. But I am showing them,、uh, yeah, classic Mapu tofu. Yes, yes. So I am showing them a side by side picture of the Food Wars version of Mapu Mapu tofu, and the an actual picture of Mapu tofu that people have photographed. And so the arc was featured Sichuan cuisine, which is 
probably one of the spiciest food regions of China. And also personally one of my favorite because they like to par uh, partake in the mala flavor. And mala flavor in particular has a way that it numbs your tongue. So the spice isn't, it's, it's kind of different. It's not just like flaming hot sort of version where you feel like your mouth's on fire, which I could be wrong because I've been eating mala food for my entire life. So my senses have probably dulled at this point. But a very distinctive fac faction of, of Sichuan food is when your mouth, your lips, your tongue, they go kind of numb because of the spice. And that was actually something specifically explored by uh, Soma when he was trying to replicate Kuga, I think is, is his name, but when he was trying to replicate Kuga's apua tofu and other Sichuan food, and basically he was just piling spices on top of spices on top of spices, which also as a side tangent, by the way, it is actually a, a good way to learn cooking, actually a good way to learn anything is to try to replicate other people who are better than you. Because if you're able to replicate to a certain level of what they're capable of, you not only learn or have a better grasp of the techniques that they use, but you're also able to start inserting your own creativity once you've sort of reached that basic or not basic level, but once you've reached like a standard level of being good at cooking something. But anyway, that was a side tangent. And um, when Soma was uh, testing it, uh, testing out the foods and he was making his own Sichuan dishes and like piling all these different spices that he knows goes into Sichuan dishes, he and um, he and Megumi would taste it and be like, ah, they would have like fire come out of their mouths and stuff like that. It'd be like, oh, it's so spicy. It's so hot. But then uh, Soma would make the accurate analysis where he's like, yeah, it, it has the kick, but it's still not quite there. It's not right. Because the most important part of mala or mala food, or in this case, mapo tofu, is the, the right ratio of the spices where it doesn't overwhelm you like there's a fire in your mouth, but it just simply kind of goes you to keep going. And so it's like, it's like when you put like something hot, but really delicious in your mouth and you're like, you know, when you're like trying to bite down on it and stuff. Um, that's what I like to, uh, to uh, that's what I like to equivalate, um, equivalate. Is that even a word? <laughs> that's what I like. I don't believe so. I don't think <laughs> I that's a word, Gracie, but we'll make it a word for this podcast. Equivalate. <laughs> Hopefully Jack won't be on us. Oh, oh gosh. He's always on me though for grammar yeah, reasons, but him. you two are always on me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oops. But anyway, so like it's that sort of ratio that's really important. It isn't just throw in all the spices you could think of as much as possible to make it work. And I really, really like that segment because it really showed a lot of attention to detail in regards to the mala, Sichuan sort of cuisine. And then with those gorgeous art, like uh, you guys can't see it, obviously listening, but um, uh, the ladies can, that comparison between a real photograph of one and then the one beside it, I think it just shows the attention to detail they've really put into the cooking. And um, and I just cover one part of Chinese cuisine that they um, that they covered, but the rest you guys can read about in an article I've written on Anime Trending. I, I won't like try to drag out this particular segment any longer, but I think that was definitely the one that stood out to me the most. Yeah, so that's basically my little spiel about Food Wars, at least. <laughs> Yeah, I really like uh, that section of Food Wars when I watched it. And then I think it was like during the festival too. So they had so many different types of food that 
we we aren't used to seeing in Food Wars. Mm. So and then it felt less like a, a shogukeki really. It really felt less like Master Chef is more like they're just trying to share the food and trying to get the other students to try it. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that atmosphere in the anime as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I also liked how uh, so it the the area that it took place in was like middle ground where it was like it wasn't like casual food but it wasn't for like the rich elite sort of food either but it was like Mm -hmm. but it was in the middle which i was like that's a perfect place to put these kind of cuisines because these are the type of cuisines that you don't you you don't buy casually like you do have to i hit my mic but you you don't buy casually you have to um you have to go to a restaurant and sit down and order it sort of thing but it's not like a ridiculously high end sort of dish where, you know, you would have to have a lot of money in order to order it. So I like that little placement as well. Uh, so uh, are you familiar with Sichuan food, Isabel? Not really too much. All, all I can tell is uh, to me, it feels a little oily and like oh. there's a lot of ch- chili oil in it. Mm-hmm. That that's what I think of it whenever I do see it. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, usually it just has that spice for me. I I personally don't like spicy too much unless oh, no. it's ramen for some reason. <laughs> so I kind of stay away from it. I just kind of look at oh that that looks good. I'll try like a little bit and then somebody else can finish the rest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Agnes? You've been awfully quiet. <laughs> um, I have slowly actually started liking Sichuan cuisine. Yay! And I started getting ex- I started getting exposed to it because I started making danda noodle at home. Mm-hmm. And making my own chili oil because I'm just like, wow, this taste profile is very different. I'm Vietnamese, by the way. Vietnamese profiles taste nothing like Chinese uh, taste profiles. So all of it's very new to me. And I just like like to tinker and experiment with it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I knew also are kind of like, oh, it's a little bit too spicy. But I kept feeding it, feeding it to my mom at one point. She's just like... Oh yeah, it's not that spicy anymore. I'm like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I tell you, your taste buds slowly start to die off the more you eat it. I don't think it's more of dying off, but it starts to get more accustomed to the taste. Because you're right, it's not necessarily spicy. It's just more of like a blooming sensation of numbness. And then it goes away afterwards. And a lot of like, or at least like the dandan noodles that I made, it's nicely balanced with like vegetables and noodles. It's even with mapu tofu too. So you don't really feel like... It's that spicy. Mm-hmm, yes, exactly. But yeah, also, funnily enough, they made, well, they didn't make dandan noodles, but they made danzi noodles, which is which is like a smaller, shorter, like a smaller volume form of dandan noodles in that arc as well. But yeah, I can't speak for the other foods in Food Wars. I actually have seen some critiques of it being like some of the things you guys are saying on how to cook is actually gross and like doesn't work at all. But at least for the Chinese food part, I can safely say that they did do their research and it is actually very accurate and well-written and also well-animated. So uh, so that's my first pick of anime food I like to focus on. The second one I would like to pick is that gorgeous food-making scene in Weathering With You. Do you guys remember this? Ah, uh, yes. This was oh, good. Yeah. Makoto Shinkai at his peak. Oh, gosh. When I saw that in the theaters, I'm pretty sure, like, drool just, like, bubbled up in my mouth. <laughs> like, I have never, I mean, I probably will in the future, but up until that point, I was, like, genuinely, I have never seen such beautifully artistically animated food. 
And I actually don't even know officially what it's called, but I, this one has like a bit of more of a special place because my roommate has made this for me. So I can safely say it is absolutely delicious. But the thing is, I never really watch her cook the same way that she never really watches me cook. We just let our we just let each other do the same thing and we cook for each other. We one off um, every week in regards to who cooks for who. But yeah, I've just never seen her cook the thing, but I know she's made it and it is absolutely delicious. So it does taste as delicious as it looks. But seeing it just animated in its full glory of weathering with you. I have my critiques of the movies and stuff, but ironically enough, the most memorable thing to me is this, you know, <laughs> like. I mean, and to say the least, like Makoto Shinkai probably is, I think he worked for Studio Ghibli at one point, right? So culminating all of that technique that he acquired from that company, from that studio, and then pouring it out into his films is a real treat to watch. Mm -hmm. It's like an evolution, basically. Mm -hmm. I don't even know, like, is it really, I think, I think the scene that gets me about this is the way the food glistens, you know, like something yeah, about the, it's the lighting. Yes, yes. It's the, so in the other films that he's done, there's a big contrast between like a darker lighting and then the, the actual lighting that like hits the top of the yolk egg. Or, um, or like there's a, there's a really famous side view that he did in, I think, Weathering With You, where she's cutting stuff for the salad. And you notice that the lighting is a lot darker, as if you're looking from the, like, actually looking from the side of somebody cutting vegetables rather than like from a top view, mm -hmm. I guess. So I guess that's why, like, it's so beautiful is because it looks so realistic. Yeah. In addition to that, it's just the, the way that the lighting works. Otherwise, if it was very flat, you wouldn't really think too much about it. Exactly. Ugh, it's just like, even looking, so I sent the link of that of that short clip, very short, and like not even a full minute, a clip on, on our chat, and just even looking at the thumbnail, I'm just like, oh, it's beautiful. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that is basically my two picks for the anime food that have just popped out at me and despite eating dinner I am now hungry so guess who's going to be snacking after this episode anyway yes <laughs> join me in the night after hours <laughs> exactly um anyway so I'm not going to make myself hungry anymore I'm going to let other people make me hungry so Isabel because we're going to torture Agnes and let her go last so. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay with this I am a masochist let's go <laughs> So, yeah, uh, one that is pretty popular, I feel like it's almost in every anime, is pretty, I would say a lot of Japanese people eat it, but uh, the first one I chose Omu Rice, and that is from, mostly from Charlotte, I would say, that kind of really got me into it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We, okay. we critiqued Charlotte before on this podcast, but okay, fire <laughs> off, queen. I hope you can forgive Charlotte for at least the omu rice. It's okay. I, I, if it's anything food related, the anime has redeemed itself just slightly. Just slightly. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why is because I, I feel like it's mostly because it comes up so many times in the show, um, like a decent amount of times. It's tied to the main character Yu and then his little sister Ay Ayumi, who makes it for him, and he also and she also makes it for him for lunch as well. So, some cute little uh, things like putting it into a bento box and then writing things on it. I've never really seen that before. Usually it's like with ketchup on top of mm -hmm. the rice. Mm -hmm. 
and the egg itself. So I just think it's really cute that he she did that for him in the anime. Oh, that was really cute. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Right. Yeah. So the picture I'm showing is uh, where she has in a bento box that says, you know, happy 16 years old. And there's like little hearts. I want someone to make that for me. I wish I had Omurice as a kid, really. I mean, I, we really don't get that here other than maybe like, you know, scrambled eggs and ketchup on the side. Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. really limited compared to where, yeah, where you can have, you know, you can pretty much design your dinner or lunch or even breakfast I think, with this. So that's all I have to say about Charlotte. It's the Omurice made me actually want to make it as a kid or when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's super fun. I feel like it, like the kids really like it. It feels like more like a, you know, children's dish that they grow up with, and they probably make maybe on a daily basis or sometimes. And I feel like there's also like YouTube videos of like chefs making it. I really like the. Have, have you seen those videos where like, they have the egg on top of the oh, rice and then they yes! cut it open. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's that really famous guy who's like he has like really kind of punkish colored hair and he's just like laughing as he like hits the what is it he hits the 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 hand that's holding the handle to help flip the egg and then he puts it on the platter cuts it open and he has like a demi glass sauce with it too and i'm like bro this is way too high class <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly which guy you're talking of uh, i've there's so many viral videos of him on youtube for that yeah so when i see that i'm like oh this is so awesome i wish i could make it like that i really can't you can you can learn you can, yeah, you can. can. just do it yeah gonna take so much I, I swear when i first tried to make the egg it was just like okay i'm just gonna flop this over the rice and call it a day Call it a day. <laughs> i mean you're not wrong it's like i mean that's like the first basic step right and then afterwards you learn how to fold it more properly mm-hmm, yeah actually uh once again i'm really blessed because of my roommate so she has made omu rice for me when i've requested it Ooh. and the first time wow. she, made it, she did a heart with the ketchup and it gave me all the warm fuzzies because she knew that also she gave me lots of ketchup because i'm some i'm like obsessed with ketchup oh no I am Ayano, but anyway, so, um, but yeah, so basically I'm really, I'm really obsessed with ketchup, so she's made it for me before, she's like put a heart on top and stuff like that, it's really, I think I have pictures too, but, um, I'm gonna have to dig it out somehow, (laughs) essentially, but it's, I don't think it's impossible to learn, I think it just requires practice is all, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've also yeah. seen it used in, um, dude, did any of you guys watch Terrace Apartment or dabbled in it, perhaps? I know a lot of people who liked watching it. Okay, so. A lot of people. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> sorry, not Terrace show? Apartment, Terrace House. Terrace House? Yeah, Terrace okay, House. Okay, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I think in the first season that was on Netflix, at least, um, the one of the girls ended up, like, making omelette for, like, her boyfriend or like on their way of becoming boyfriend and girlfriend and she like she made that and she like put used ketchup to form words on it and stuff like that as well so uh so yeah it's a pretty big staple of of anime and of japanese culture for sure but yeah it is also very delicious i can say that as someone who eats the homemade ones so <laughs> once again i'm very spoiled uh agnes uh did you make any of these it sounds like you've practiced before or something like that <laughs> no i just watch videos for them uh japanese cooking for some reason i think for me is one of the more harder cuisines for me to master oh interesting or at least learn how to make because the technique is so different ah the okay. the, the amount of techniques the extra steps it's so meticulous 
it feels like French cooking, but it's not French cooking or pastry making, and it's like an entirely new ball game to me. So I actually struggle making anything Japanese styled. Like I've done like some Japanese recipes for sure, which I will feature in this podcast in a little bit because of one particular show that inspired me to do it. But everything else is still very difficult for me to do. Okay, okay. I will say like um, even when my roommate makes uh makes food, like she's uh, made tamago where you roll the eggs up and stuff like that Mm. like i've seen her do it and she does it so expertly and detailed and and she makes it yeah she makes it look so easy and meanwhile i'm just like "Uh." absolutely (laughs) flawless and then when you actually get to like i bought the pan like for the tamago right i bought the actual pan from mitsua and i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be a cool right i know how to make an actual a, a french omelet and i make it the first time and i'm like Wait, this is a lot harder than it oh, looks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any. Sure. I don't have any control of the fire temperature. I don't know how this this box skillet works. I don't know how to not burn the eggs. I don't know when to lift it, when to adjust my uh, hold on flipping it. It's like it's so different. It's really different. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. Yeah, no, it's like it. I think it requires pretty. You, you have to have pretty good control of your hands, which is unfortunately not something that I possess at all. I was terrible in chemistry class because of that. I can never get the right chemicals. And luckily for Chinese food, actually, is a lot of people in China don't actually learn via recipes. And even if they do, it's like even if they do, it's it's not as specific in its details because everything in China is sort of like by your feeling of like how often you've done it and by the time you've cooked it enough you can gauge how much sauce you need by the color by the smell and if you pour too much sauce there's way you can offset it or if you pour too little you know how much more to pour to make it just right and stuff like that and so it's a completely different like non-specific non-detailed way of cooking of especially with how like I grew up and stuff and how the majority of like standard Chinese families grew, grow up teaching their kids how to cook and so when I see my roommate being able to do these very specific sort of precise actions because once again like her folding the tamagos into like perfect shape I'm like endlessly shocked all the time so yeah I, if anything like Japanese cooking reminds me a lot of making French pastries oh. with how specific mm. everything needs to be to oh. the very particular gram and the feeling and the texture that you need to do in order for it to make it work but it feels like it's a step higher for some reason, even for like a basic homemade dish rather than an actual like an artesian like pie or something like that, which is why I still kind of struggle between like making Japanese cooking, like even just a standard dish compared to like a standard dish and maybe in French cooking or like a standard dish in like a Vietnamese cooking or like American cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I but I agree. And yeah, Ugh. it's it's interesting how every culture has their own quirks of how they cook and stuff like that. And and we will get to you, Agnes. But Isabel, I know we were talking about Omurice. Uh What was the second anime you had in mind when it comes to food? <laughs> yeah, the second one that comes to mind. I mean, it's funny. That, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned weathering with you. So I'm going to mention your name. Okay. It's the Bakura Shinkai train. (laughs) I'm on that train too. I just can't get off of it because the pictures that they take uh, when eating food, I just, I just love. That's literally. (gasps) Oh yeah. Oh, all the little. Yes, they're so cute. 
all the the little desserts. Yeah, so the- they're so well made too. Exactly right. They're like so pretty, and that's like the part of the movie I always remember. I, it's like a really fast part. I feel like they're they're just kind of like showing their lives in Tokyo, um, and Mitsuha is literally taking pictures of everything, little things she, that she eats because she's never been to the city before. Mm-hmm, technically, yeah. And then I feel like it's definitely like a a girl's thing where you know we go out to cafes and eat together and take oh, pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The Instagram worthy gotta make sure it's got its perfect filters. Yep. <laughs> uh, I've seen that. that I feel like Agnes doesn't do that. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I have think, cousins who do that. I don't They're do like that crazy. either. <laughs> They're like crazy about taking pictures. My mom does that too. And I'm just like, can we eat, please? I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, Japanese desserts are really beautiful, you know? Oh, like the um, like the confectionaries? Yeah, yeah. The like, Japanese confectionaries? Yeah. yeah, those are another. <laughs> those are one of its own too. It's it's scary how they make it, but it's so pretty. Yeah, so. it's basically art, you know, when they do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, anything the Japanese touches becomes art at one at one point, one way or another. Oh, that's true. I can see that. <laughs> Which, speaking of staring at this, is making me very much want to eat. <laughs> yeah definitely and when i went to japan uh that actually reminds me of like their uh like pastries as well i went across uh went to ueno and there's like a bakery across the street and because uh, ueno is famous for its zoo so right across the street you kind of have this place where they sell breads that are literally shaped in like animal <gasps> how cute like, oh! yeah so there's like pen. So it's basically the the upgraded bougie version of the animal crackers we have in the US. Exactly. I that that would be it. Like upgraded from animal crackers, like way upgraded because they look like pandas and turtles and stuff like that. It really makes you want to eat it. So yes. Is it bad that we want to eat cute animal shaped in bread? You just rip its head off. <laughs> you rip its head off with your teeth and you're like, no, no bread. <laughs> This actually kind of reminds me of if anyone listening has a chance to go to an anime pop-up cafe, I highly suggest you guys do so because I went to the one in uh, Houston specifically for Sailor Moon and here I'm going to post a screenshot or or like the picture in the channel for you guys here. Um, Obviously not as good quality as a Makoto Shinkai film, but... I don't think as long as you have a good phone to take a picture of it, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but anyway, so that's cute. Yeah, wow, it's it very cute? aesthetic. Yeah, it's like very aesthetic. Like the drinks they have, um, they have uh, flower petals in it, and it's just very aesthetically pleasing. And uh, my roommate has also gone to a strain of anime pop up cafes in Japan as well whenever she visits. And like the pictures she takes of the desserts are really, really, really gorgeous. And so, like, it completely just, just seeing that screenshot from your name just reminds me so much of it and even reminds me of the pop up cafe experience, which was really great. Which, one, once again, if you guys do have the experience for or chance for it, I highly suggest, well, Maybe not recently with the Delta virus, the situation, but when things start calming down again, which, you know, knock on wood that it does, um, when things start calming down again, you know, if you have a chance to go to a Papa Cafe, because they're becoming more and more popular in the U.S., I highly suggest you guys go, because I think it's just a great experience with the food and stuff like that. Oh, my stomach just growled now. Okay. (laughs) Yes, this looks great. (laughs) 
say though, even just looking at the screenshot of your name, I'm like, I just realized how detailed the phone even is. Like, forget the desserts. Like, the phone details. It are looks like thing. an actual iPhone. I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, they even have like. Well, what gen would it be? It would be like I don't know. It's second or third gen i can't tell oh jeez it's kind of bulky yeah it's that tricolor circle thing that gets me i'm like that is oh, the so tricolor circle. Yeah, yeah. i was like that's just so accurate it's pretty iconic <laughs> oh man is that like um what other i know like the main char- one of the main characters worked at a restaurant before she body swapped with him um were there any other foods that stood out to you uh, in regards to your name yeah i caught some other screenshots here uh the bento itself that Mitsuha was eating, but I don't know if Taki was in her body at that time, but I have a screenshot of that too. Let me show, share that. Show, 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 show. Yeah, so. Oh, it's <laughs> <Yo>. so cute! <laughs> yeah. The kata bentos, oh my god. Props to all the Japanese moms who makes the kata bentos because mm-hmm. that's time consuming. <laughs> right, so this is like so detailed. Is Like you guys were talking about the uh, tamago. Mm-hmm, yep. That's there too, and then there's the the sauce. So- I really want those sausages too. Like sometimes in anime, they're like shaped little like squids. octopus. Yeah, octopus. <laughs> they cut sorry. it. Yeah, they cut it. It's so gosh, it's so meticulous how they cut it too. And they make it look easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just stick it on the end of a toothpick. You know, slice a couple edges, and boom. I'm you got telling a you, she makes my roommate makes the tamago stuff and she goes tur, 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 and like that's like sound effects but she just goes tur, 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 with her chopsticks <laughs> and then she made one I'm just like uh <laughs> so like ugh man I keep begging yeah, her so- to make me a bento box and she was like no and so, <laughs> oh, I'm sad. You can't take it with you to work. I know <laughs> the dream, right? Uh, but yeah, okay. So share, share more, more of the screenshots. <laughs> oh yeah, let me just go ahead and pull up some more. It's just I still have more pictures of like the ki- the cakes. I think here and pancakes. They're so pretty. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, okay, yeah, that pancake. It looks so much better than something you'd see in the U.S. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, that was bad for me. I definitely want to, like, like, eat now, so... Uh, even then, like, the Denny's isn't going to, you know, top it off with a nice stick of butter and maple syrup and some fruits on the side. Yeah. I think, like, I think the magical thing about anime food is that sometimes even if the food is very mundane, for example... Um, the omu rice, like, like the picture you sent, you know, is yellow with red words on it. And so it, it is at the heart of it all. It looks quite mundane, but something about it when it's like colored that way and then it's animated with the way that it's cooked just makes you appreciate it. It's just so much more. And that's what I feel like even about these pancakes, you know, which, yes, they do look better <laughs> than our pancakes per se. But I think it's just like seeing the way it glistens and, um, Seeing the process to the food, I think, just makes it a whole magical experience. Am I getting too sappy? <laughs> no, I, I think you absolutely hit it on the nail. It's like, it's such a sentimental feeling for a lot of people. I mean, there are people in the world who grew up with uh, having a love-hate relationship with food, but I haven't met a single person who doesn't feel one thing for one dish. Mm-hmm. And that should be, I guess, like the important thing that a lot of enemies highlight when they make food is to make you feel like you want to try this it's a sense of wonder or it's a sense of nostalgia or sentiment of this and i don't know i'm not good with gushy words (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, thank you for that, Isabel. At this point, when we make our Twitter post about this episode, I might just make a thread of being like, here are the screenshots of all the food we talked about during the episode so you guys can enjoy it for your pleasure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so do you have another anime food uh, thing you would want to talk about, Isabel, or are we ready to uh, listen to Agnes torture herself? <laughs> I don't. Well, I want to torture Agnes a little more. This is not anime related, but the food here in Final Fantasy Fifteen. <gasps> yes. Uh, I just showed a video of like uh, there's this complication of all the food in Final Fantasy Fifteen uh, from Ignis, and the food in the video looks so real, and I can't believe the detail that they put into the food. Yeah, I watched half of it, or like I could just keep watching the food really, but they make it look so real, and I feel like I would start drooling if I watched the whole thing just sitting there. Is I feel it like I would bad be... that I'm like getting emotional because I know it's Ignis who cooks all this and the fact <laughs> that what happens to him later like makes me so sad. <laughs> so, I mean, not that he lost his cooking abilities, but still, I like, I'm weirdly getting emotional about this. How dare you, Isabel? <laughs> you catch me Oops. when I'm weak. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I only want to share that tidbit. But yeah, we can definitely move on to Agnes. <laughs> Alrighty, let's do this, folks. <laughs> we'll end the show tonight. <laughs> no kidding. Um, food, uh, I'll give a, a quick backstory. Um, I grew up a lot around food. My dad cooked a lot for me when I was younger. So I grew up with both French cooking, uh, a lot of European cooking as well, and Vietnamese cooking. So when I got older, I wanted to like try to experiment with a lot of different things. And anime, surprisingly enough, has been the outlet for that with the exposure of Japanese food. Because all we just know in the West is sushi, ramen. But how do you make it was what I was super curious about. And I didn't really start delving into it until I started watching... Uh, today's menu, everyday menu for the Emiya family, which is a spinoff from the Fate Stay Night series. And so you're thinking like, oh, it's, you know, it's a cute show, right? It's, like, it's, it's just a made up show about a bunch of characters getting together to eat their food when they're not fighting each other. And I didn't realize this, but when I started reading the manga as well, they actually had some pretty in-depth recipes on how to recreate the dishes oh. from the show, mm -hmm. which I was like, well, now that just incentivized me to go buy the book on Amazon so I could bring it home and have the recipe for myself, right? <laughs> uh, but the way that they, that Ufotable animates it in the show is not as beautiful like Makoto Shinkai, but it definitely brings that homey sentiment. So the first one I wanted to show is the Toshikoshi uh, Soba, the New Year's Year ends, New Year end Soba, New Year end, New, the end of the New Year's soba <laughs> that they have. And I think it's absolutely beautiful because I like it. Steam, yeah. The, the tempera is like flakiness, which is something I can never replicate for the rest of my life. I pledge to that. I can never make it right. The, the tempera looks flaky. Like it's golden brown. It's flaky, but it's not like soaked in oil. It's like just right. And I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Um, and that continues to vex me for the end of my days. And the nice, also nice thing about the Emiya, uh, Emiya Gohan is that they also show how the food is prepared as well. So you see how, uh, Emiya, like, or, uh, Shiro, like, dices everything very finely, but also, like, very accurately. So you kind of, kind of get a little bit of a cooking tutorial as well while you're watching it and think to yourself, well, oh, maybe I can do something like that. It's not too bad. And so because of this, 
show, I started looking more into Japanese recipes and cooking more stuff at home for my mom, um, including like making like chashu for ramen and stuff like like that too. Every most for most things that are homemade. Um, so that's why I really like, I really want to highlight this show is because it was kind of more of a, a starting point for me to experiment with cooking a lot more than I did when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure no one here watches Emya Gohan, but yes, hello. Here's the Toshikoshi Soba. Uh, and there's one that I really like too is the spring mustard, um, sandwich that they have in Emya Gohan. And I will say that I don't like sandwiches. Okay. Like, period. I don't like bread. <laughs> I, I bread <laughs> is not like bread? <laughs> my choice. I don't like bread. Bread is not my source of starch. I will have potatoes, noodles, rice, or pasta, but not bread. I don't know. I also grew up eating a lot of bread for breakfast, and it's I was not about my to say, is it, I'm a little bit. Is it, doesn't isn't bread pretty important for Vietnamese cuisine? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> what, what, yeah. Like, no, you know, it, I mean, no. That's it, though. Okay, uh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Versus, uh, I mean, I grew up with a lot of bread because of French cooking. Oh, because my dad would. Because okay, my dad is okay, from okay. is is from France. It was like every day is uh, bread, butter, and jam kind of thing, which is very staple French. Um, and you know, a fr- fr- little food fact: France has a really low, um, I think, tax. For when it comes to pricing bread and pastries, because it's such a big staple in the country, that it's dirt cheap to buy artisanal bread straight out of the oven instead of something from the store. So that's like how important bread was for their country. But oddly enough, even though I grew up with it so long, I never really liked bread as a result. So I'm very picky. But Emiya Gohan kind of changed my mind about that and made this really interesting uh, sandwich. It it looks like it doesn't look that spectacular, but I thought it was really interesting how they provided a different twist on the mustard. So in this um, sandwich, they use a, uh, I think a karashi wasabi styled mustard, which I thought was really interesting because I've never had that combination before. And I was like, wow, this tastes very interesting. And they use a lot of very uh, native, I guess, like Japanese te- um, ingredients as well. So like the mustard greens was like a, was like an Emiya thing that he came up with in the episode. It was like, Oh, we're just going to use this random item that I found in the um in the pantry and we're just going to use it to make sandwiches. And I was thinking to myself like, okay, maybe 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 I'll give it a shot and see if this is a sandwich that this is it. This is the sandwich that will change my life. And keynote it didn't actually change my life. <laughs> but it was oh. a very fun experience regardless as I made it for my grandparents because I'm like, "Look at this. Isn't this cool?" And they're like, "It's just a sandwich." <laughs> so I was about to say was maybe the you of my changed post- their lives, you know, question mark, but apparently you did not. <laughs> I did not, but it was like one of those moments of impulsivity where you're watching it and you're like, "I want to try to make this. I want to try to see if I can replicate this." And it's pretty rewarding at the end, even if it does suck. <laughs> so I have <laughs> to say the least. a bit of a personal question for you. You don't have to answer. Actually. Yeah. Um, so you did mention sure, sure. that your dad likes to cook a lot. And you have also mentioned in a previous episode that you have uh, lost your dad. So when you cook, do you feel closer to him uh, since he was the guy who was sort of doing the cooking in your house? It's funny that you ask ask me that because a lot of people have asked me that. And the answer to that is actually no. I don't feel closer to him because I'm more focused on trying to perfect the same technique that he tried to teach me. 
So I'm just like sitting here. I'm like, I'm just like, what kind of texture did he say it was again? Oh, it feels like this. That's right. Okay, now I have to keep pulsing this, you know, kind of thing. So like, I don't actually remember him like i don't feel like warm fuzzy feelings i'm just more focused on i have to make sure this pie isn't burnt i have to make sure this dough is correct <laughs> kind of feeling so in a way yes i am channeling him but it's in a good positive way i guess well what i think is happening is like Silva for food wars constantly chasing after his dad's superior cookies <laughs> yeah you know what i don't blame like you know when you grow up with parents who are good at cooking and you kind of idolize that and you want to continue to perfect it. And then at one point, I think I remember my mom was telling me that I think you've, you surpassed your dad at one point. And I'm <gasps> like, you're kidding me. That That is not. And my mom is in the family is known to have a very keen nose. But even then, like, I'm not the kind of person who flatters myself with biases and things like that. So I'm very skeptical. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is unheard of. What are you saying? <laughs> so I under. So I understand, like, Soma trying to chase after his dad, but feeling like he's inadequate in that sense. Though, to be fair, something about your parents' cooking just tastes better than when you cook it. I think it's just inherent, oh, you know? Like, my mom has said the same thing, because obviously my dishes are coming from her. And she'll be like, see, you got it. Like, it tastes exactly like mine. And I'm like, mm, no, it doesn't. Yours still tastes better. And I think at this point, it's just like, there is something about parental cooking that just tastes better in your mouth than your it's own like cooking. the ratatouille scene it's like the ratatouille scene where he has that one bite the critic has that one bite oh, and yeah. he's like transported back yeah. to his childhood yeah it's it's no it's those feelings it's it's an anomaly in the cooking world like nobody can describe there's no scientific term to describe the feeling of nostalgia for a childhood dish mm. and the way that your parents make it there's mm -hmm. no way that any chef can replicate it that perfectly that's beautiful, Agnes. <laughs> oh, geez. It turned into an emotional story. I just wanted to talk about how cool this show was with the food. <laughs> so you've learned several dishes then from this show, actually. I tried. And to say the least, it has been satisfactory. But I don't think I'm still that on par with Japanese cooking yet. It's okay. Just keep practicing. Keep practicing. Keep yeah, practicing. Yeah, exactly. Just keep practicing. <laughs> just keep making it. Yeah. Uh, so aside from Emiya Gohan, uh, we're going to move now to uh, Silver Spoon, which <gasps> okay. I think has one of the best uh, animations from that year of just making food. And I also want to highlight that Silver Spoon doesn't make like these super elaborate dishes mm. either, mm. but it feels so homey in the way that they they shoot everything from the pizza that they make. And this is my favorite scene is simply the egg on top of hot rice with soy sauce oh that's the best uh it's the it's a gif so i guess it didn't show up in there the channel but there it is and it's like i've never i understand why the egg acts the way that it does in the presence of heat because it just coagulates but like seeing it in action like you said gracie it's just so mesmerizing <laughs> to watch what is it about eggs in chinese i'm chinese what is it about eggs in anime like there there is some intense things going on with eggs guys <laughs> i mean like egg has a lot of like fat and protein that really works well with lighting i think so that's why they can really capitalize it on whatever you decide to make egg to be with like omurice sunny side up egg or even like the 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 ramen uh the ramen soy sauce egg too mm -hmm. like it just looks beautiful under light compared to any other protein or starch or dish, really. There's something oh, yeah. so 
hypnotizing about the way it's just going in a circle over and over again. <laughs> I know. I keep watching. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you just can't help but kind of be drawn towards it like in a trance. I really wish we could do that here because like, our eggs are not the same that we can't really do that. Yeah. Sadly. I've realized that, yeah, a lot of other countries, the way that they process raw foods is very different from the U.S. versus a lot of our stuff is very pasteurized. So we can't achieve that same like consistency or same technique or just using the ambient temperature, really. Wait, can you explain that to me actually because i actually don't know what you're referring to at all <laughs> i think it's mo- it's mainly just how the food industry works in each country america tends to pasteurize a lot of their stuff to the point that everything needs to be refrigerated no matter what compared to when i was in france like you can basically just leave eggs on top of the shelf in like summer heat and it's mostly okay really uh, really that's okay yeah yeah i remember doing that and then like yeah, and then like you know, each country has like they but process their own foods differently. So like, it couldn't last France, very remember, long, right? No, you'll be surprised. I mean, there's a there was a Russian movie that I saw a long, long time ago. I don't remember the name, and there was a protagonist who literally just reached into it's not it's like an ice box, but it's not really a fridge, and she just plucked a raw egg out of it and just ate it straight. Oh wow. Yeah, so I think the food quality standards in each country differs versus in America, everything's very pasteurized, so we can't achieve the same quality or consistency for for other dishes that are expressed in other countries. So what do you mean by pasteurized, actually? <laughs> it's the, the process of making things, basically everything germ-free. Oh, I It see. differs in terms yeah. of... I believe using various temperatures in the machinery to make sure that your food isn't raw, uh, especially for like milk and dairy products. Mm, Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's why I'm like looking at some of these and I'm just like, wow, can we do this in the US? And I'm like, I don't think so. (laughs) You know what, Gina has mentioned that, you know, in Japan, it's a thing to be able to just eat raw eggs, which you absolutely cannot do here in the US. So No, you can't. Yeah, it's very different. I don't know why it's the case, and I don't know how they do it. So I can't actually explain it that far other than saying, like, each country is different from one another. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Do you have any more GIFs for us? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you want to see uh, Studio Gihilbi GIFs of all the food that they make, sure, I can provide you that. <laughs> well, I guess if you um, have any didn't... more, like, specific shots of Silver Spoon... <laughs> Uh, the only one I can think of right now is the pizza one. Oh, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. it's just like dripping cheese yeah, 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 yeah. pizza. Yeah, 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 show us uh, that let me, one. Let me, see if I can, let me see if I can pull it up because I didn't prep also, it for I this one. This I just wanted to show the egg. high quality GIF because we can see the steam rising up. Like, yeah, it's, it's a high quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let me, this is the basic picture of the pizza. And what I think I really like the most about this one as well is that it's just homemade pizza. Uh, I used to make homemade pizza too. So seeing it like this. That was gonna is, be my question. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I did. Well, we didn't make the dough homemade, but we made like the whole like forming the pizza crust, uh, blank oh, baking it, and then putting sauce good. over it and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, it looks very homey to me. And I'm just like, ah, oh, yes, nostalgia vibes. I know how this feels. <laughs> good stuff. Good, good stuff. Silver Spoon has a lot of really good stuff, and they teach their kids how to cook at a very young age, too, which I'm very proud that they did something like that, because a lot of people in our generation specifically rely on a lot of takeout and instant meals, and I'm like, no, cook your own meals, man. It's fun. 
And at the end of the day, you feel rewarded. That is a cultural difference, though, because remember how, uh, I mean, this is a real thing that happens in Japan, but a lot of classes or a lot of uh, schools require you to take, like, classes, you know, for to, like, figure out what to do at home. And, like, there's cooking classes where specifically the lesson is you have to cook a certain dish. And, no, you don't have to go to cooking school to, like, be in a class like that. You actually, it's just sort of part of the curriculum. And I think it's actually required a lot of times. So, um, so it's... So the U.S. the U.S. used to have home ec as well. My mom used to tell me that they would learn a lot of, like, basic food oh, techniques. No. But I believe... But if I want... If my history serves me correct, I would say a lot of those home ec classes fell out of fashion due to budgeting, and then even more so in the 2000s where there was a a bigger shift into the budgeting for math and sciences. So a lot of the more useful techniques that you would learn from home ec or even other things like woodworking shop and stuff like that really disappeared from education, which is why you don't see it. A home ec elective in my high school but the thing there is you go. that that class is basically what you use to fill in time, quote unquote. It isn't like considered an actual class. And in fact, they actually penalize your GPA, which is a big deal for a lot of Asians, you know, especially my area. But um, they penalize your GPA for taking that class because it's not considered like honors or stuff like that. So it's like a whole point deduction, which really lowers your GPA average if you're really gunning for like high GPA and high placements in your high school. And so it's almost like a detractor when I think about it. That's sad. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. Uh, just because I think like a lot of kids in the American system go on for like days just eating like school lunches that they can wave off. And it's not even good food. They don't know what good food is like. Or at least the American culture itself doesn't know what good food is. Oh! oh, oh okay, that's a big one there, Agnes. I... I will say that with absolute confidence. If it's not like your mama's cooking from down south, American food is pretty trash. Is it all you want to say? Anything? I would agree with that sometimes. <laughs> I, I... Yeah, it's just a lot of fast food. Well, I compare and I consider it also from a different point of view because like American cooking itself is an amalgamation of different cultures yes. because we are mm. a, a nation that has different people. But those people already snatch that away and call it like, well, this is our ethnic food. So America doesn't have its own identity to form around food. I would almost say like burgers probably are the most central part of American identity. Would you agree with that? I mean, it's the most well-known, but they actually don't have the best burgers. Who does? The uh, Australia, I believe, or New oh, Zealand. It's one of those two. They have better beef. Mm-hmm. They have much, much better beef. And it's... And it's like good quality. It's like the, if you think about like a, a high quality hamburger that you get in the US that goes for, I don't know, like $10, mm-hmm. that same quality of meat can be replicated in, I think, Australia or New Zealand by like half of that price, but basically a, a simple burger. Okay. So hear me out as a Texan. They might, they have burgers, but do they have barbecue? <laughs> So that's the other thing is that that is true. Americans have perfected the barbecue, which is something that is not seen throughout the rest of the world. But at the same time, how far can you get with just barbecue? Okay, but barbecue is pretty delicious when you go to those. It is. It is. I don't deny it. I'm like, Texas that no one knows about. This is the one thing I'm proud about in my state. <laughs> I, I have a love hate relationship with my state. Bear with me. So, um, but I. Uh, but also, like, I get what you're saying. I agree because the U.S. is 
interesting. I know that countries overall has diversified a lot more throughout the years, thanks to a lot of borders opening, international travel and internet being making things a lot easier and a lot more efficient to go to different countries. But even based on that fact, what I've read online and even like talked to certain people, the U.S. is still like significantly more like blended or diverse than a lot of other countries that do have diverse uh, diverse populations and stuff. So it's interesting because it does result in the fact that their cooking isn't it's like you can't really pinpoint exactly what is theirs because other cultures are claiming it. And it's and it's not mm. even wrong for other cultures to claim it because it's more like they brought it over here, you know, so. Right, exactly. Because we're an immigrant com- uh, country. Right. Like even if you look at like English food, English food is not known to be the best oh, food compared yes. to all the other yeah. cuisines out there. But they have a lot of like very well-known staples like English breakfast and among other things, black pudding and all these other things that you're just like, yeah, that's staple. UK, what, uh, English, Scottish food, Irish food, however you want to spin it. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, how do we get here? <laughs> Guys, we were talking about anime food and how do we get here exactly? Does anyone remember that? Because America has no cultural oh, identity geez. versus Japan has a oh, cultural geez. identity. Oh, you had to drop that bunch. <laughs> and that could be time with Japanese nationalism. <laughs> History lesson in the making. Let's go. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Well, I guess like, do, do any of us still have any more anime foods we want to share and drool over before we all break and go eat our own snacks and food? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, not really. I don't. I did have one show, but I think it's too old, and the image doesn't look that good quality. Uh, anyways, so I don't think it's worth mentioning. Uh, what yeah. What is the show? Just out of curiosity, if nothing else. Um, it was a show that I watched a long time ago as a kid called Yumero Patisuri. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I know that. It's one. basically Shigo Kara, but with like pastry school. And no, no, no problematic age gap that one is embarrassed about shipping, you know. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like the appeal isn't the show itself, but the the fact that these kids go to like a pastry school was something that really stuck out to me, and that they showed techniques that you wouldn't really see on a kids' show about cooking. Like, they, there's one, I think in one of the beginning episodes, uh, I think the sundere guy, Kashino, is, like, really into chocolates. So they showed a scene where he's tempering chocolates. And at the time, as a kid, I was like, what's tempering chocolates? And then as an adult now, now that I see how chocolates are made and how people, like, melt chocolate using a double boiler and tempering it, I'm like, oh, this is what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and they have some, uh, they have some really nice desserts that I don't think a lot of, because I, because we talk about like food wars, how a lot of food wars is based off of salty mm-hmm. foods. Yeah. But pastry chef making is a whole new world to begin with. There's a reason why Gordon Ramsay went from pastry school to um, <laughs> doing just base, just culinary school in general. Right, right. Uh, because it's so, it's so much more meticulous just to get like, just to get it like super perfect mm-hmm. and like. It still tastes good. So this is an example of one of the the desserts that they served on the show. Oh, I it's th- called the Angel Smile. It still looks really. I can tell the animation quality isn't the best because of just how old the anime is, but I can still feel the desire to ravage it. Yeah, the strawberries <laughs> are so glistening, right? Yeah, uh, these, these these animating foods. <laughs> okay, I almost cussed, but um. <laughs> It's okay. It is a safe zone. <laughs> is it a safe zone? Our overlord doesn't allow cussing. Remember, <laughs> I. How many episodes have I cussed 
find and out. And we've had to mute <laughs> a lot episodes. of them. So. <laughs> that sounds about right. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm glad you mentioned that one because that is an older anime, but I think it's good for people to hear about it and know about it because, you know, sometimes revisiting classics is really, really fun. So um, not even I don't necessarily think... I don't even think this is a classic. I don't think people sort of watch it, per se. Aww. It has a really cliche storyline. It's very like, oh my gosh, the three princes are looking at me, but we have to compete for a school competition to make the best dessert. <laughs> like, <please laughs> what don't. is this voice, Isabel? Have we ever heard Agnes use I this? Have, I have not heard of No, voice this voice does not exist. <laughs> this personality does not exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a... It's a very cliche storyline. I don't really recommend it. I don't find it personally enjoyable, but I do like looking at the desserts and appreciating a lot of the efforts that they actually put for this, like, 2004 anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So I think all three of us are hungry and ready to eat. So let's wrap this up, guys. <laughs> um, thank you for everyone who's listening uh, to listen to us gush about anime food. Uh, I really think it's something you guys should pay attention to because it really is just gorgeous and Sometimes quite emotional at the same time. But uh, I hope every everybody enjoyed uh, listening to us. And I hope you guys will be here next week as well. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.